back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here from San Antonio, Texas, where the boys uh, are all gathered in the hotel room. We won't tell you where because uh, I have enemies, and I think Eddie does too. George has none. You have no enemies, I don't believe, George. I'm just the happy-go-lucky young guy that's loving San Antonio. Well, that makes one of us at least. San Antonio. <laughs> the, the, the enemy is it still San hasn't Antonio. grown on you. San Antonio is the enemy. Even after all the great food that we've had the last couple of nights, it hasn't grown on you a little As bit. As I said at the dinner uh, last night. Okay, here we go. It would have been here probably like go. the sixth best restaurant in the War Acres Oklahoma. It was it was good. Breakers is is it's filled with great restaurants. Was the place so we called like Olay or something something Cafe Olay? I mean, it, the, Cafe Olay was okay. On I the was river so walk. hungry. Yeah, though, it, was it was fine, good. but it was comparative to to all other kind of Mexican food I, that you can eat or Tex Mexican. Was, was very good. We had a group of sixteen, and we were sat within. Five minutes. minutes. On yeah, the Riverwalk, I mean, too, which was yeah. very surprising. And that place has been... Like, here's the thing. That place has been in business for a really long time. And if you can stay in business on the Riverwalk, like, you know you serve decent food. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the quesadilla was fine. It was just as good as, like, a getting a Fuzzy's quesadilla. Okay. And I like Fuzzy's. That, so there's nothing wrong with that. But Domingo was really good. Oh, Domingo was knock your socks off good. Yeah. It's great. It was great. <laughs> It was great. Love this Although town. I believe love this, love this town. Love this, uh, you know, the vibe about it. I think we both agree, though, that San Antonio is a little bit better at night. Yes. When the, uh, the light is shut oh, on yeah. the city, I, you know. The, the, and you don't have to much. go to bed with all the noise outside. The God, people this, in the I mean, noise. They start the construction around here. This Whatever they're building across the street better be awesome because the amount of work that they do in between, I feel like, 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. is the loud banging. I, I don't understand it. What I don't understand is, like, is Fast and the Furious, like, the national pastime of San Antonio? Like, they're every third San Antonioan, I think, thinks that they're Dom Toretto from Fast and the Furious. They're just revving their engines up and down Commerce Street and Market Street all night long. It's like, all day long. It, it, it's like uh, being in Oklahoma City for Meridian Cruise. I don't know if you guys ever went over there. We used to do go over there in high school. It was like a big uh, underage drinking spot, and you would just sit on Meridian and watch these old cars come up and down the street. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say, it's a very white trash bash, <laughs> I feel. Which I think a lot of us are at home at uh, at those kinds of things. Sure, we've all been a part of them. All right, so we need Alamo- to go a little bit further north to get to the uh, the country club residents of uh, San Antonio. Shout out Alamo Heights. Uh, all right, uh, the Alamo Bowl getting ready to come up. We've had all the press conferences. It's over. The game is actually tomorrow night, so this is going to be a little bit of a short lived pod, if you will. But uh, I think, guys, what we take we we talked to Jed Fish today. We talked to Brent Venables. I think we all came away thinking highly of Jed Fish. I really like Jed Fish. Yeah, I think he would coach. be a uh, really good guy to go get a beer with. I think he is on that list of uh, coaches, and obviously, what he's been able to do with an uh, Arizona program that you know we hit it on it during the uh, YouTube show today, George. It they were a downtrodden program. I mean, he inherited a school that had lost a lot of games in a row. And, you know, the one win in his first season to get to five wins last year and then to get to nine where they are this year, they're kind of one of those upstart programs that I think a lot of people have been paying attention to nationally. Yeah, you can tell, too, talking to their players a little bit on uh, Tuesday, they've bought in. Like, we talk about that with uh, Brent, but, like, the Arizona, I don't think they've had almost really any opt-outs. I mean, they're going to be pretty much full strength uh, on Thursday. So uh, you can tell that. He's got that thing heading in the right direction. I thought it was cool today, the answer they both gave talking about the two programs and, and building them up. I mean, different situations. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. I mean, is a blue blood program, and, and Brent took over, uh, you know, a Ferrari, whereas Fish is kind of just building up, um, you know, a program from from the bottom. But uh, I think there's a lot of mutual respect there. I think it, I think it's gonna be a good game. It too. feels like this is a game too that uh, you know between two programs that are. Headed in the same direction, but on different like tiers, if you will. Like yeah. Oklahoma's trying to prepare, get to 11 wins, get to uh, something of some momentum headed into the move coming with the SEC. And then an Arizona club that you know obviously is changing the conference as well. They're headed to the Big 12. And with Noah Fafita, I think is a name that you know we probably paid attention to a lot more just because we would be driving back from games and watching Arizona games late at night. 
he he's made his emergence really, against USC. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's a really good player. And, you know, I didn't realize that his first start was the week before when they went up to Washington and lost by a touchdown uh, against a Washington team that was playing really well at that time. So it's a it's an interesting uh, matchup, and particularly with Arizona offensively versus Oklahoma defense that, you know, everybody's back. Nobody's opted out. Everybody's healthy. And it's going to be uh, kind of interesting to see how it all turns out. I, w- I really thought about, you know, if I wanted to, I could have made that press conference today really awkward by saying, you know, asking the question, hey, Brent, uh, you know, why is it that Jed Fish has succeeded where Mike Stoops and Kevin Sumlin failed so miserably? I think it starts with having a pretty damn good quarterback. Although, I guess, uh, you know, Mike, Seth Mike was Stoops there, didn't they, have they just did terrible. find some yeah. success. No, I mean, early. that's harsh, and Mike's yeah. my guy. I don't want to. They, know, they found some success joke. early when uh, Mike was out there, and I think a lot of it had to do with Nick Foles. I mean, yeah. he was a phenomenal quarterback, Rob and Gronkowski obviously went on. Was out yeah, there. like, and, you know, Seth Luttrell was a big player in that, a big part of that as well. Yeah. And Bill Beatonball was a big part of that as well. T- to me, the highlight of the week but, has been talking to Seth Luttrell. Yeah. But uh, real quick, I mean, Arizona, that job. It's a terrible job. I mean, yeah. we Eddie, you and I drove out there yeah. on the way down here one year for the U.S. Army game, and we just wanted to go see the stadium and the campus and all that. Town was kind of gross. Yeah, uh, and the stadium just looked decrepit. Yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of there. There are not a lot of resources devoted to football. Well, it's a, compared to like OU and well, and well, just compared to the other across, uh, you know the sports complex or whatever like Oregon with or whatever the, well, yeah. just with the Arizona basketball program I mean it's a basketball school I think that yeah. any reporter that you've talked to from Arizona uh, Arizona basketball is kind of what makes everything churn out there I feel like Arizona State's probably easier to get kids to come to Tempe is apparently a Night lot of life. fun yeah. yeah lots of beautiful women there. I'm sure Rob Gronkowski had a lot of uh, fun in Tucson during his time all yeah. the Gronkowski brothers that ended up at Arizona <laughs> I, yeah, he made that place fun. He, yeah. he wasn't going to allow it to be anything else but fun while he's there. But, yeah, I mean, look, Arizona, I think you know they've got to be one of the favorites next year going into the Big 12. They're not losing a lot of people coming into this bowl game, which is always key. Uh, it, you know, I think they lose one offensive lineman that declared early, uh, but otherwise they've got a pretty strong offensive line defensively. Uh, you know, Most of those guys, they're very similar to Oklahoma in that statistically that defense is not great, but – when they have to come up with stops or they need to make plays, they find ways to make them. Yeah, and I think that that's why it becomes uh, not necessarily worrisome, but I think that that's why there's so many question marks about what Oklahoma's going to look like offensively come uh, Thursday night with Jack Schnarl making his first uh, career start and kind of an awkward path to getting that first career start and then uh, you know playing behind an offensive line that is certainly makeshift as uh, – you know it, or. A complete difference from what it was but you know what? at the I'm, end I'm, of the season. I'm going to say this. I mean, because same, I saw, spot, same spot they I were in last guys, year. I saw you guys kind of get criticized in the YouTube comments, and it's true. It's like it's not as makeshift right now as it will be in the spring because you still have Walter Rouse. You still have McCabe Mattire. Uh, you're losing Andrew Rame. Uh, you're going to have Jacob Sexton out there, and, and who knows what Jake Taylor can do. Uh, really, it comes down to Everett at center. Uh, and then who else is going to play guard? Yeah, Caleb Schaefer probably, as I think kind of the, yeah. uh, the common thought. He's going to get the start at right guard alongside Jake Sexton at right tackle. Uh, and then, you know, the left side of the line is usually what you're familiar with, with McCade and then obviously Walter Rouse. Well, McCade will play right in the bowl game, right? He's played right guard all year. Or right guard, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, sorry, sorry, sorry. Schaefer will be Schaefer on, left. on the left side. Yeah. You're right, you're right. right, you're right. But, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. I, It's still worrisome to me. Because or could it be it could be Everett and then play um, uh, Bates. Bates at its center? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think they're, I think like they're Troy, gonna, just from the way that McCade was talking yesterday, it seems like Troy is going to be the starting center. Okay. I do think that we're going to see Bates at some point, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see Ozeda at same point. At yeah. some point, like I think I they're going to B- rotate. The yeah, guys I think Bill Beanball is going to be ready to fire out different lineups. Well, if they're, it has they, to. They, 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 it's not like it's an unknown. They've had a month to prepare. They've had a month to basically get ready with the five that they're going to go with. And, you know, in a strange way, maybe they're in a better spot this year than they were last year. And everybody knows how the Cheezer Bowl went against a really good Florida State defensive front and how willing they were able to run the football with, uh, you know, obviously the uh, the uh, breakout performances for Javante Barnes, who held the I'm nose glad you said that you're going to get, as well as Gavin Sawchuk. I'm glad you said that because we went out to one practice. We got to watch uh, some guys running out there. And the thing that was most underrated about that practice was – 
There's Javante Barnes just running around. He hasn't opted out. No, I mean, he I, still looks he great. He still looks fantastic. It, it's, the, it's one of the biggest question marks in terms of what happened to him over the course of this past season than any player that I can remember, maybe in the last 13 years that we've been doing this, Kerry. Just it, from where you thought he was at the beginning of the season, where he was talking about where he was mentally and physically. And then for him to just completely disappear, and then all of a sudden he's running out there and taking a you know key snaps against Oklahoma State, and he fumbles the ball. It just the, the whole thing has been strange. It 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 makes me though the fact that he hasn't portaled makes me think something else is going on because if he would have portaled, then you would have said okay, him and Demarco's relationship it like just deteriorated. South, yeah. But clearly that's not the case. No, but you can't. I mean, let me ask you this question: There's no way that you can start a guy. That opted out already, right? And Tommy Walker. I don't think There's they're going to no start him. There's no way you can start him. I don't think they're going to start him, but I bet he plays. He, he, I mean, like he, he can play. But I'm saying that's it. If, if you're trying to keep your relationship with Javante Barnes strong and your other guys, you cannot start Tommy Walker, I guy think, that's already said I would rather be somewhere else. But here, I think it's going to be a lot of Gavin Sawchuk. I think it's going to be yeah. a lot of Gavin. Well, Sanchez. and I think for the same difference, I think they're going to. But second, it, shouldn't it be Javante Barnes? Shouldn't it be Gavin Sawchuk, Javante Barnes, and then Tawi Walker when he gets a chance? Maybe even, short I yardage. would even put Caleb Hicks above Tawi Walker if Tawi Walker's not going to be on the team. Yeah, I wouldn't even play Tawi Walker. A, if what he's about not be on what the about Jackson Arnold? How willing are they going to be able to throw him into the mix and get his and legs run going? Game? See, because I wouldn't. I you wouldn't are, run You're him. literally one hit away from yep. throwing your hands up in the air and saying that's the ball game. Like, yeah. And by the way, God can I just? Can I, I can't just say I'm going to address this shit because I I'm sick of this that you can't say anything that is harsh or true. That might be true and harsh, which is Davis Bevel was never going to make an impact on this team. And I, when he was not sure I could have had better bedside manner. I, I'll, I'm, I know Eddie probably feels that way. Uh, but we've gotten so far, like everyone wants their news delivered on a Hallmark card. Now it can't just be so-and-so is leaving. He wasn't going to make a difference. Now there's a, there's a spot open for another quarterback. If they want to bring one in. I feel bad for Davis. He's just always done is got shit on by everybody. I know, but I mean, he's not any good. Not in this offense. Yeah. He doesn't fit at Oklahoma. He's I, a guy that Jeff Levy took because he needed bodies and it just didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. And I think it's pretty obvious. Congratulations. You were played. on scholarship for two years and you got a hot girlfriend on the way out. Yeah, that might be worth it. That might be worth it. I, I, I like Davis. I think that it's been uh, much at times from the fan base and everybody else, but it is what it is. I mean, I, he's trying hard. I, I know that. Well, I mean, look, he he got shit on really hard for something that wasn't his fault. It was a terrible game plan, uh, the Texas game. But people, like, it's just like they gloss over. It's like, yeah, it's, we've seen what he can do, and it's not good enough. Yeah. So just moving on. I just so anyway back to yeah Jackson Arnold running the ball. Um, I would I personally I mean I'm not saying don't run him at all. I think you allow him obviously to scramble around and, and make plays, but it's not something that I think they should be running the stupid Jackson Arnold package down at the goal line. Like the last thing you and want is him Walker to for that. yeah the last thing you want is him to get rolled up in a pile and all of a sudden you don't have a quarterback for the start of next season. Yeah, that would be awful. But also at the same time, I think that they're going to have a game plan that they want to be aggressive. Yeah. And if you're going to be aggressive, you want Jackson Arnold, you want to utilize him as much as possible. I think they're going to, I think they're going to let him let it fly. Like, I think they're going to let him just show off his arm, let him throw it down the field. And I do think that's where they can take advantage a little bit of Arizona. And I'll say this, the biggest the biggest thing for Oklahoma to get out of this bowl game is not a win, is not anything other than having Jackson Arnold ready to start spring practice healthy as the starting quarterback and get as many reps as he can going into the SEC. And confidence. I think yeah. his confidence. Like You you want to come out of this game with him throwing like three touchdowns, 250-plus yards, maybe 300 yards, whatever – like him, him having some some real confidence going into next year about, and I not to say that he doesn't have that already. Like I'm sure he's a confident guy, but mm-hmm. like if he can go out and perform really well, it'll just help his case going into next year. And that's why I think what Seth Luttrell does is going to be really interesting how he calls the game because they're not changing the offense. The offense is going to be the same that they run all year, but how does he how does he dial it up for Jackson? And I've seen I've, I keep seeing people you know ask the question like, oh, what kind of wrinkles is Seth going to come up for this game? And maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's a few things here or there, but he said it in his own press conference. Like, 
I didn't want to change too much because I didn't want to put too much on these guys with all the with all the change that has happened. I think I think what you're going to see that's different is just situationally what he calls in certain moments mm-hmm. versus what Jeff would call in certain moments. Well, what I think is it's not so much changing a formation or yeah. uh, you know a, an alignment or you know pre-snap things. It's just going to be okay. Maybe we call a flea flicker here in this situation, or maybe a reverse, or something, or maybe just, not a sprint rollout on fourth or halfback and, pass or something. I mean, yeah. Every play that Seth Luttrell calls on uh, Thursday is going to be put under the microscope, gonna be, and it's going to be. People just need to realize out there, this is not his offense that they're running on Thursday. Like he, I mean, he he straight up said that at the press conference. They like will get to spring, and then they will start working they're gonna on run, his. They're going to run the air offense. raid, yeah, they, that, which is totally different. Than the spread, right? I do think the, but not not this, not to, not tomorrow, not You're, tomorrow. Yeah. I'm saying in the spring he's going to put in They're the air the raid spread offense. with elements of the air raid, which is what they've been doing. Correct. I do think it's going to be interesting too. That just keeping perspective and what this is, it's a bowl game. Uh, you know, nobody's going to anoint. I think that there will be a lot of people that anoint Jackson Arnold if he goes out and plays extremely well, and reversely if he goes out and throws a couple picks. You're going to have to live with it. I mean, yeah. he is starting his first game. He's This is the first truly live bullets that he's going to face uh, you know, Brent, in that freshman season. Brent said that today, too. I mean, I, him talking about uh, Jackson during practice this year, saying that he would have several bad practices where you're like, wait a second, what's going on here with Jackson? But he always regained his composure, I think was the quote. And so it won't shock me. He's going to ha- He's going to have some bad throws on Thursday, but that doesn't mean that anyone should hit the panic button on him. Sure. This is the first time he's coming in to a game and playing when it hasn't already been decided. And yeah. he's not playing against backups or guys that are defeated. Like, these guys are going to be coming after him well, from the very BYU. first snap. Other than right, BYU. Right, BYU, yeah. But this time he's actually had time to prepare as the starter, which I think is a big difference. And I, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of him um, down at the pep rally on, what night was that? Tuesday night. That was last night. Yeah, last night. Uh, but he's a lot more uh, charismatic than I thought. Like he's when we talk to him, he's very quiet, very short in his answers. I mean, he got the microphone in his hand last night and was firing it was after up the crowd. Stutzman was freaking out though, right? Yes, and Stutzman, so Stutzman like Stutzman, hyped him up yeah. and like got a JFA chant going. <laughs> this was last night at the uh, pep rally. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty cool clip. I think uh, OU Knightley put it out there. I think that's right. Yeah, they were down there for sure, Nate and, the, Nate and his crew. Um, but yeah, and I mean, we talked about the running game, and, and to me it's it's going to be, is Jackson Arnold going to go out there and just try and spread it around? Is he going to find a guy? Is he going to rely on Drake Stoops? Is he going to rely on Jill Farouk? Like, what's the personality of this game going to be with Jackson Arnold as a thrower? I don't think any of us know the answer to that, but it is an interesting question. Well, and I think that, you know, if you look back at last year, too, Nick Anderson got a little bit more run. LV Bunkley-Shelton all of a sudden was on the field last year against Florida State. This year, do you look up and you, do you see Jaquez Padaway getting more involved with the offense? Well, do that's you, the thing. is like all these guys are – the only one that's not coming back is Stoops. Right. So Right. And I think that, you know, this will just kind of be a uh, little bit of a precursor for what's to come with this offense. And I because I think that that's one thing that you do see when you're talking about this offense moving into 2024 is the fact that the wide receiver room is going to be loaded. I mean, they have a bunch of guys, whether it be Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson, who flashed this year, uh, Jalil Farouk and his, you know, rumored to be coming back. And, you know, he's been noncommittal on that. Uh, well, then is this a game where Jackson really lights it up to him and says, Come back. Yeah, come back. This come back. This is what we're going to do next year. Yeah, And think about the times that Jackson's made big throws this year. They've been to Jalil Farouk, and especially the one, obviously, that everybody the remembers down at BYU. up in uh, Provo where he checked into the play. It just, I think that offensively it's going to be a lot of fun to see what it is with also a little bit of caution knowing that uh, there are so many moving parts within the offense and what they're going to try to be able to do. I'm excited about the defense. It's, yeah, it's, this thing is going, is it, Certainly was headed in the wrong direction uh, to a certain extent at the end of this season with the, uh, you know, really, truly like the last four games of the year. They did not play well defensively. Now you're getting it a month later. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's bought in and coming back to next year. And I'm kind of excited to see kind of a little bit of a snapshot or a glimpse of what this thing could be moving forward into the SEC. Yeah, and it's you get all these guys back. And I thought Billy Bowman and Ethan Downs gave 
two really good answers yesterday when I asked him about their decisions to come back and buying into the program. Like that hasn't happened in Oklahoma in a long time. Like where you yeah. get these guys that are really valuable players to all. And I think maybe, you look at defensively next year. That should be the best defense that Brent Venables that maybe Oklahoma's put onto the field with the talent that they have coming in, with the talent that they have returning in what, 10, over 15 decade, years? Over a decade for sure. I mean, truly, from day one, and we'll talk about this during the summer, I'm sure, you know, ad nauseum, but like it would be disappointing if Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman weren't on first or second team all preseason SEC next year. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the other ones to, to get back, you get back. Three guys up on the front in Ethan Downs, uh, Jacob Lacey, and DJ Terry. And, th- and these guys aren't world beaters, but to have that kind of experience, I think, is going to be massive. Let's get back to the defense because a lot of stuff to talk about there, especially with the guys that have opted back into next year. Uh, but you've been listening to the, es- the Enjoy Fresh Perspective look around as we get ready for the Alamo Bowl tomorrow night. Uh, and, uh, you know, eight twenty kickoff, so it's going to be a late night for everybody. But uh, uh, we're going to be awake. I'm, I'm going to be down on the field with Eddie tomorrow, uh, shooting shooting photographs. So I'm going to need some pretty good vision looking through those lens. Uh, that lens I probably should have went to enjoy before this trip, Eddie. Yeah, you should have. You would have been able to see through all the bullshit over at the Alamo. Enjoy Vision is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City. It's not even close. The combination of mind blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life changing for me. I have perfect vision now. What Enjoy is doing for the unofficial 40 listener, they're giving $400 off LASIK. If you're so inclined, if you're so interested in seeing perfectly, go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y withme.com and use promo code U40 for $400 off LASIK. Enjoy vision. This is where you LASIK. I'm not going to lie. I think I've, I think I've got my chops back with the photography this week. I'm feeling pretty good about the photos from the last couple of days. Looking forward to see what I can do in real game action. The, as long as I'm not one of the guys that gets run over. The thing that sucks is uh, one of the one. Of, I think both of the end zones. You got to be on your knees, you, or you have to sit on the ground. Might need to make that's a, the uh, the. I can do sit on the ground. The stool is very very important for the photog in this game. I wonder if I can get one of those tomorrow. Home Depot. Is that where you got yours? Yeah. Okay. Make a trip. Uh, so anyway, defensively, I mean that's been a big topic, and I know you know you had the you guys had the story about the 2021 class and the four guys left and uh, Billy Bowman being a part of that. But yeah, Billy Bowman, Danny Sussman, Ethan Downs, and Jalil Farouk—they're the final four from the uh, heralded 21 class that came in under Lincoln Riley. Which you know what I mean. Usually you have classes like that, but then when you have a coaching change, that's just going to happen. And of course, Caleb Williams being a part of that class as well. So. Uh, I mean, it's a class that has a Heisman Trophy, um, so it's not like it was a shit class. Uh, but those are the things that happen. And what's amazing to me, and I think the, just the greatest story of it all, is Brent Venables coming in here. All that you know, uh, all the the, the tumultuous uh, happenings, and he reaches two of those guys, Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman, who clearly could have gone pro, had draft grades, and decide to come back. And they now become anchors for this, not just this defense, but for this program heading into next season in the SEC to where everybody can look at those guys and say, this is what we're working for. This is who we're working behind. Yeah. I, I, I think it was pivotal to get, I mean, it, it almost changes everything just in terms of the direction of the program, the momentum of the program, everything that you could think of that goes into next year and the move and everything that's going to come with the SEC, having just those... I talked to Ted Roof about it on uh, Tuesday during one of the breakout sessions, just knowing that you have guys at every level of the defense, whether it be DJ Terry and uh, Jacob Lacey on the defensive line, uh, Danny Stutzman, and even returners like Kip Lewis or uh, Jaron Kanick, who I'm still not done with, as a football player at the University of Oklahoma. And then obviously Billy Bowman on the back end. Like I straight up asked Billy is like, I know you guys are preparing for the uh, game on Thursday, but throughout these bowl practices, have you had an opportunity to just kind of take a step back and look at the safety group individually and realize like how good you guys could be coming, moving forward. And he's like, yeah, like <laughs> we, we talk about it every day. So it's uh, it's kind of an exciting time. And especially on the defensive side that, you know, I think, Everybody has wanted them to uh, resemble something that Oklahoma fans could be proud of for a long time. 
Also, Ted Roof coming back. Yeah. I know uh, OU fans are super pumped. Yeah, it sounds why like... Is uh, it, why is that a thing, though? Can I, I don't can, know. Is that I the most people, irrational thing that's going to, on? People well, need I think to that, get over it. I think everybody looked at the contract situation and just kind of wondered what was going to be... What was His contract's become. not up for the until the next year. Yeah, we were. I think we'd said that it was up, but it was, yeah, it was no. two years. I have his contract. It's the next year, I'm pretty sure. But I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't sit here and watch this season and say, this, this, this program is not succeeding because Brent Venables is too involved with the defense anymore. I mean, you could have made that argument a year ago, but he wasn't as involved as he was this year. And they didn't have all the gaffes with the time management, the clock management stuff. I mean, there were some. But you go back to that Texas game when he called a timeout before the first quarter, in, the first half ended. They end up kicking a field goal, uh, getting points because of, of clock management. And I, I just don't understand why the Ted Roof thing is an issue. I mean, he is defensive coordinator in name only. I, I don't understand how – like they want – it has to be like OU's recruiting is hurting because they've got an old man as their defensive coordinator. That's they not ju- happening. They just signed – like the best defensive class they've signed in over a decade. So clearly it's not. So where's the panic coming? Where's where's the, the I, th- I think people I think people coming look at it and say it's they're like, what the, is he doing? Yeah, it's you always know? one of those things. That, like somebody always has to be the scapegoat for something. Is it I, like they think he's the new Tim Kish? Well, yeah, I, think, I think I think I think they think he's the Ruffin McNeil, but I think Ted Roof does a lot more than Ruffin McNeil ever did. Yes, he absolutely does. He's at practice sure. every day. And I think there's something to be <laughs> yeah. said about coaches a head coach having somebody they can lean on like a Ted Roof to go to when shit hits the fan. And I think that Ted Roof fills that role. And he's somebody that's been around the block. He's he's coached a lot of football. And, and I'd say the, the same about Todd Bates. I also think the players love him. I mean, you talk about Danny Stutzman and those guys, they always talk about Ted Roof. I, I don't know. Look, I get it. People see, What happens is people see our videos when we go out to practice. They're like, Ted Roof's not even coaching the linebackers. It's Brent Venables. And it's like, the Brit, you could go hire a linebackers coach. I guarantee you, Britt's going to be coaching yeah. the damn linebackers anyways. No like, matter who you hire. Yeah, yes. Britt would want to coach the linebackers. Because that's what Brent does. Yes. Bob Stoops coached the corners when he was here. That's what he yeah. did. So, I, it just seems to be the most irrational you know thing that is out there and has been for a while. That people even get mildly upset about the fact that Ted Roof is not retiring. Just get over it. It's not hurting the football program at all. I agree. All right. Uh, but defensively, I mean, you go into this game tomorrow, and you would expect, I mean, Noah Fafita is an excellent quarterback. I mean, might be one of the best young quarterbacks in the country. He's got like three more years. Yeah, he's a retro freshman, so he could have two. I mean, if he's really good, he, he right. could be out. But he's two. under, I mean, he's not even 5'10", is he? He has a, he has some Dylan Gabriel qualities, too, yeah. just in terms of like. But great arm strength. Yeah, he has really good arm strength, and I think that the way that he's led this team and the kind of the turnaround, he's been a big part of it. Offensively, they've been excellent. So, I mean, going into this game, it's a challenge for this defense. And, guys, I you know, I, I was watching Andy Staples talk to uh, uh me? Uh, Ralph Russo earlier today, and you. I did see some of that. That was great stuff. Um, but, you know, they were bringing it up like this is one of the bowl games where it seems like both teams really care going into it, have reasons to play. Oklahoma, uh, it's clearly Jackson Arnold getting him off to a good start. But this defense, I feel like with the return of Stutzman and Bowman, they want to go out there and show people that they can be dominant heading into next year. And I think they should have some – like I think this is actually going to be a pretty defensive football game. In the sense that you've got obviously OU new new quarterback offensive line is shaky all that stuff, and then OU's defense I think they're going to be able to slow Arizona down. So I, I think it's a good matchup for OU's defense, and you get all these guys that are playing in the game they don't have to. I mean, you think of like a Rondell Bothroyd, Woody Washington, which by the way we haven't talked about that. Yeah, do we think Woody Washington's going to come back? It seems like there is growing sentiment smoke. that. Uh, he will be coming back in 2024. To me, this feels like, after all these years of dealing with this, like he hasn't made an announcement one way or the other, and I just feel like we're going to lather ourselves up and get to the point where we think he's coming back, and then immediately the day after the bowl, he announces, I'm heading to the NFL draft. It's been, it's from what I've heard, it's been back and forth. Like I don't think he's made a, a clear-cut decision, but there's definitely some smoke, and he's he's certainly considering coming back. And it, Makes you wonder because like he's a guy that he's had some some good stats and stuff like that, but I bet his draft grade was six 
seventh round undrafted type guy and if you're woody do you come back get paid and then because he i don't think he can improve it but i also don't think he can also get a worse draft grade the next year yeah a situation you can only improve yourself yes that's what i mean yeah I'm I'm here for it if he decides to come back. That'd be great for you. That only makes the defense better. You yeah, know, Gentry Williams stays healthy. Then they develop the Josiah Wagners of the world. And by the way, you know the day that we did go out there to practice, and you know we're we're standing outside the fence, uh, but you know we can kind of see some some defensive drills that are going on. We kind of got the sense just from watching that little bit five minute segment of practice, like Kendall Dolby is going to be a, a major part of this. You know, starting defense. I mean, maybe. Uh, DeSan McCullough can't go. Maybe he's still not 100%. Uh, and maybe they're just, you know, maybe that was Brent's way of getting him ready just in case. But it does seem like that cheat is going to be the one position that's a little bit in flux going into this I game. think they just really like Kendall Dolby. Like, I think the staff loves Kendall Dolby. And that's what makes me wonder, like, what's his role next year? Especially if, you know, uh, obviously McCullough is going to be back. But Justin Harrington, you know, what's his situation? Is he going to be back? You know, Sam, you know they love Samuel Almasigo. He's been playing some Cheetah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, Dolby's a corner. Like they're only playing him at Cheetah because they just don't have any depth. And he he's a guy that can cover well in space. So and it could be for this game that's the best matchup. Maybe and we've seen it, even Brent's admitted at times. Uh, Sam McCullough has had some you know issues athletically, just keeping up with you know more athletic guys. Yeah, and maybe they feel going against Arizona that Dolby's a better matchup defensively for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really thought about the matchup, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting what they do with Desan moving forward just because, like, he doesn't really fit at any one spot. And, like, I don't but think... But he's a, he's a playmaker. He makes plays. Yeah, but he's not great in coverage. No. And so he's a liability, and that's why they've had to play Dolby a lot. I thought it was interesting in the press conference today because you have people... They're getting... They're they're going very general with questions like, "Hey, coach, tell us about you know what you like about this team or that team. What do you like about Arizona or, or what what it is about your defense has gotten better?" And it's always interesting because you're 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 watching a coach play a chess match where he's trying not to give out too much information, but still you know compliment his team for the strides they've made during the season. And I felt like that was happening today, which makes me think that both coaches feel like. This is a difficult game for them. This uh, this is going to be a tough game for them to win. And I know Brent got the the Texas fans all riled up because he said that Arizona might be the best team they played all year. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't think OU is going to get like beat bad. But I don't know if I'm going to pick OU to win the game. Like I think Arizona. I think one Arizona is really good. I mean, they've won six in a row. That's hard to do in a, in a really. Honestly, the Pac-12 was one of the best conferences mm-hmm. in football this year. And they have, I mean, not to say OU doesn't have anything to play for, but I think them hitting 10 wins would just be a massive, massive achievement for that program. And they've got a lot of seniors playing I in think, this game. I uh, think Jed Fish said it would only be the ninth time in history, program history, that they got 10 wins. Fourth, I think. Or fourth. Uh, they've fourth only, time. They've got to a nine games 11 times. 11 times. Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. So and again, I I think OU and 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 not to say that like this is a game that I I do believe that Oklahoma is hyped up or whatever you want to call it. Like the motivation, there is motivation on the Oklahoma sidelines to play well in this game. Oh, 100%. I mean, if, Ethan Downs called it a championship. What if Bob Stoops gives the call and says, "Jed, I introduced you to your wife. Throw it." Jed probably would not. That was answer. a cool story. <laughs> it was a fun story. You know what was interesting about that story though? It's like Bob just Bob just opened the door. Like he Jet Fish had to walk through and earn that. that I think Jet I think Jet Fish wife. is a pretty smooth guy. Yeah. I bet he's got some game. Yeah, I like Probably him. Probably when he was a grad assistant, I, he had some game and Bob knew. The other part that was interesting today and I wish we would have got Brent's answer to it was the communication in the helmets because I asked Latrell cuz Yeah, I, I, both teams had to agree to it and it's Pretty obvious. I don't the, know if Arizona, Arizona wasn't able to do it. Yeah, I, Oklahoma had no interest in it from what Seth said yesterday. I mean, he shot it down when I asked him about it. He's like, "No, we're not. We're not doing that." And I was like, "Okay, would you have any?" And then I think Eric Bailey followed up and was like, "Would you have any interest in doing it in the future?" And he kind of shot that down too. It's, and then it's Fish, interesting. Jet Fish basically said today that NCAA is going to allow it starting next year, mm-hmm. which I don't think is completely one hundred percent accurate. This is supposed to be a test run in the bowl. Yeah, games. it is. Yeah. 
So he probably jumped the gun a little bit on that. But it, it is going to be interesting because you have Jed Fish, who's been in the NFL, uh, knows that system, how it works, how it benefits them, versus a Seth Luttrell, who's always been in the air raid, and it's not a very complicated offense. Uh, and really, I mean, Bob Stoops has even said this before. Like Mike Stoops, we knew all of Mike Stoops' signals. He or Mike Leach's signals. He didn't care. Like they still couldn't stop it. Yeah. So I think Seth comes from you know he comes from the 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 school of we don't care if you know what we're gonna do. You you, you still can't stop it. I just think that the head communication is way way past due. Like it should already be implemented. Like I don't know why it's not already a thing. It makes too much sense. Four letters, NCAA. Well, just like Jed Fish was saying, like I'm sure that they'll screw it up. By <laughs> he basically it. was like, the NFL's done this correctly, but just wait. The NCAA is going to screw it up. That's, <laughs> yeah. That was basically the uh, too-long-didn't-read uh, Yeah, because you're going to have coaches that are going to like, we need 60 seconds in the headset. Yeah. And he's Which like, you ridiculous. only need 25. Or 15 or 20, whatever the NFL does. I think he said they have 25 seconds. 25, yeah. and you can't talk to them over the center. Yeah. Makes sense. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, you know, the one thing that we haven't talked about that, you know, when you're talking about a game that is as close as we think it's going to be on uh, Thursday night, OU's kicking situation still just like if you're running, uh, you know, whoever out, if you're running Zach Schmidt out, I don't think that there's anybody in the world that has any belief right now that he could knock down a 35-yard field goal to win the game. It's a, it's a bowl game. Don't even kick a field goal. Just, just go, go for, for it. it. Well, yeah. I'm saying like in a tight ball game in the fourth quarter, if you yeah. have to kick a field goal, yeah. uh, he missed one last year in the Cheese Bowl. Or maybe maybe you kick it every single time and try and get Schmidt out of the funk. Yeah. I just mean, be like, screw it. We're kicking it every I guess the, the, the one word answer to that would be, or the one thought answer to that would be is at least you're moving the football to get into field goal range. That would be a positive. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be certain situations. If it's fourth and sixteen and you're down two, you have to try it. Yeah. You know, you're inside the thirty or something. I mean, you just have to try it. So it no it, doubt it could play a factor um, that doesn't play in his favor for sure. Uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, talking to there was one day we got to talk to Joe John Finley and and Seth Latrell, and that was the 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 entire you know offense, defense, players, coaches. And it was kind of a disservice, I thought, to the players because, you know, it was one of those deals where we hadn't got a chance to talk to Seth Luttrell or Joe John Finley since they took the jobs or they were elevated into their positions. And, you know, you could tell, like, the moderator was like, hey, you guys got any questions for the players? And we're like, no, not really. We just want to keep talking to these guys. By the way, can the, the moderator needs to shape up. Can we shape up a little bit? He's got a little. He's got a little spunk to him. He did. Well, he didn't remember the OU players' names yesterday. I thought that was a bad look. He was cutting people's answers off today. It was just like, well, I mean, I know that you have the coaches' luncheon coming up this afternoon, but I would have loved Brent's answer on the communication thing because I think he would have disagreed with Jed Fish on that. Just from an offensive guy talking about it versus the defensive, defensive guy, guy talking about it. Yeah, but. But yeah, no. I, does, the, does the NFL does the there's a player on the defensive side yeah. of the football that has a headset in his uh, ear as well, right? Typically the, the linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, which would be interesting. Him and Stutzman, if Stutzman got Stutzman one. would just turn it off halfway through. <laughs> yeah, I think Brent prefers to call out everything that's getting ready to happen from the sideline because he's just like he knows every play that's getting ready to happen. Yeah. Like, if he could actually put on a uniform and be out there on the field, they'd just play with 10. Brent would just be calling out the plays. He'd, he'd just, love that. I yeah. think he'd be ready for it. I'd, I'd like to see that. Going back to Latrell, I thought Latrell was great talking to him. I, I spent my whole time with him over at the breakout session. I mean, one, you can tell the guy's been head coach, so he knows how sure. to answer questions. Sure. And But two, his you know his answer, and it's it's, you know, it's cliche or whatever, but his answer about wanting to get back to Oklahoma the last 23 years, I thought was was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think anybody that grows up in the state of Oklahoma, like, I don't know how you don't identify Whose with that. father played for Oklahoma. Yeah, like a, yeah. a two-time national champion, a two-time state champion in uh, high school wrestling, Seth was. Uh, went on, was a captain at OU, won a national championship. Like, he is kind of symbolic of what this program, I think, strives to be right now. I think what Seth needs to do, first game, is he needs to uh, snap a fake punt to the up man like he did against, I think it was Texas A&M, when they just throttled him. The 77 nothing game? 
I, I don't know if it was that. It might have been the... It might No, it would have been... 77 nothing was when Francione was there. Right. That so, would have been like 02. I guess Seth would have been gone. Seth would have been gone. It was the it was the game Josh Heupel's second year when they played in Norman in 2000. I believe... I don't know. You might go Google that real quick, but I think he had a fake punt where he was the up man, and they snapped it directly to him, and it it, it broke big. He, he was asked uh, yesterday. I asked him in the breakout about his relationship with Brent, and they used to meet one on one all the time because he was uh, Brent coached the punt team, uh-huh. and Latrell was the protector, right. which is yeah. the, the up man, yeah. And uh, they grew like a very close bond, doing punt team stuff. Yeah. Now Seth did have the uh, the play back in 2018 at North Texas when he was there as the head coach. Against when they got oh, with the uh, when not he faked faking. The, he faked the uh, that he was gonna uh, fair catch it. Well, and he then just ran never it. faked, but they they assumed it right, was against right, Arkansas, right, right, right. right? Yeah. And they assumed he yeah, he, he, fa- he fair caught. Uh, I, I found the clip. Uh, it was 1999. Okay, so it was the first year. And he, uh, here it is. You guys can watch it if you want. They fake like they they screwed up the snap. Great quality. Look <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at Seth go. Was that at A and M? No, no it's at that's at Norman. That's awesome. Well, no, they played A and M in nine or no two thousand. They played at two thousand. Yeah, they, it was that was A and M. The Torrance Marshall. Marshall yeah. So when they played A and M in ninety, because I remember before that game, they asked Josh Heupel. About uh, Texas A&M's defense, and he was like, "Yeah, we know what they do. They just play zone." And and he's like, "I'm not worried." And everyone's like, "Oh my God, that's trash talk." Josh Heupel is talking, and he carved that defense up like it was no problem. But yeah, the '99 Seth Latrell fake punt first year that Bob Stoops. He should do that in honor of him tomorrow. I I would be surprised. Usually, you see a bowl game; they do a little bit of a trickery or something to oh, yeah. they'll you know, change play. momentum. I think that there's something out there that they'll do on uh, Thursday night. I keep wanting to say Saturday. Maybe something with Gavin Freeman, who we saw out on the yeah, Overwatch. We last saw night. Gavin. Yeah, it's always he good ate to at see the restaurant Gavin. Uh, with us. So um, it is just pouring at this at this bowl game that we're watching right now. Where is, is this? Go bowling! It's in Annapolis. Just every football game's in pouring rain this year. Not yeah, the Alamo Dome. Yeah, we will be safe there. I mean, it, the roof might break or something, but that's a that's a possibility. <laughs> that that old girl is an old girl uh, walking I up to that great, last couple. I think of days. it's a great setting. Like once you're inside of the stadium, oh, like great, the playing surface yeah. and all that kind of stuff, I think it's awesome. The I think it's one of the better the ones business. that they have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it was built before all the super structures were built. Yeah. So, and it's. It needs a little bit of a refresh, maybe on the other. I'm sure the city of San Antonio will do something for some upgrades at some point, but no doubt. Um, okay, so I, I mean, here we are. I mean, we we've talked a lot. We 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 kind of expect a really good game tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I, we haven't talked about the guys that we saw that were out practice. Michael Hawkins Jr., Jaden Jackson. Uh, you guys have to remember the rest of the list for me. Uh, White Gilmore, Nigel Smith, Jaden Hardy, uh, Eli Bowen, and Xavier Robinson are the uh, seven guys that are down here. White Gilmore's with the team, but he's obviously not practicing. He has a broken foot. Yeah, he told you guys um, uh, on, on, on our the, recruiting on show. On the recruiting show that he had a broken foot. He's walking around but he's out there. Yeah, he's out there. Nigel Smith and Jaden Jackson certainly look the part. And, you know, as Harold stole the that show. defensive line group, uh, that's coming in in the 2024 class, uh, you know, with the expectations that everybody has and one of the best defensive line units that Oklahoma's brought in in the last 20 years, they certainly look the part. There's no doubt about that. Well, and I mean, you you, you guys probably saw, a lot of people probably saw the pictures that I put up of Jaden Jackson, but he moves well. I mean, he's not just yeah. a big guy without athleticism. Like, he, he was right there with everybody else in drills. He, we looks, he looks like he could play tomorrow yeah. in the Alamo Bowl. And make a, a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, it was it, it was fun to see him. I, you know, we obviously didn't see him do a whole lot when, in the time we were out there, but 
you know, it's just unique in the uh, opportunity that they have to come through, go through practice. It, nothing's going to be new to them. With as many guys of the 27 that are coming in as their early enrollees, I think 20 of them are going to be part of the program, uh, you know, in full in two and a half weeks when school starts again. Uh, we'll see a bevy of those guys here coming up during spring ball. And I'll tell you, I mean, we didn't see a lot, but I mean, it would be cool like if they could put in a few plays for Michael Hawkins Jr., just to, you know, some run yeah. pass options or That'd something. That'd be awesome. Now, yeah, we should say and clarify that freshmen can't play in this game. Like right. the seven freshmen aren't eligible to play in the game, but uh, they can't go through practice. I'm, I'm pretty sure they can suit up and go through all the like pregame and all that kind of stuff during the game. So uh, it'll be, I'm sure it's fun for them to, you know, they were in high school last week. And now they're practicing with Oklahoma and going That's through, uh, through yeah. a major bowl game. And it was cool to see, like, like Woody Washington, there was a moment where he took Eli Bowen to the side and, like, was working with yeah. him. And it's like, that's so valuable for those young sure. guys. So, And the other thing is, like, just Peyton Bowen, like, how he's kind of lit up just talking about, you know, having his brother here practicing with him and, like, how much it means to them. Uh, but... You know, Eli's he doesn't lack confidence. Um, you know, he's he's got I don't think he's like Peyton where he's just instantly yeah. gonna be able to come in and learn five sure. different positions and all that stuff. Uh, but it's gonna take him more time. But just seeing those two guys together, I mean, they'll make each other better. I mean, yeah, I, no I have no doubt about that. No doubt. All right, so um the the one thing that I think that we have like uh come across being down here in uh San Antonio, not necessarily just being down here boots on the ground, but there is, uh, you know, as much rumor out there and speculation right now about Woody Washington's return, the quarterback transfer portal is starting to become kind of interesting with some uh, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I think there, there are some strong rumors that Casey Thompson could end up in Norman. Yeah, and, you know, I know there's some other interest out there. I, 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 I haven't really confirmed how strong it is, but I've had some people reaching out to me, like, you know what's going on with Casey? Um, and, you know... He's in a good position. I mean, he's played a lot of football. Uh, a lot of people want to bring in somebody. You know, I think for Oklahoma, it would be a deal where he could come in, be a backup at Oklahoma. Not a lot of pressure, but he could, you know, get to say, "Hey, you know, Dad, Kendall, I, sure. I played at Oklahoma." And uh, you know, I, I reached, kind of a unique ending to a seven-year college career. I did talk to Kendall a little bit last week. He didn't really give me any hints, but uh, he wanted me to say hello to everybody. Um, uh, but you know he, he's a good friend of Scoop, and um, you know always been a fan of his, and always a great guy. But you know he would probably love to see his little brother, you know, spend a year at Oklahoma. Yeah, it'd be it really cool. Backup it'd be really cool. So we'll see what happens. I know I have been told that there won't be an announcement until January, so you don't we don't have to sit on pins and needles waiting for that announcement to come uh, in the next few days. But uh, I, I think he is whittling it down. He has an idea that an announcement date is imminent. And I think early January, you'll you'll probably see something from him through his socials. So. I think it's also safe to say there's been contact from both sides between the yeah. two. And there's interest. Yeah. I Serious mean, it, interest. it makes a lot of sense. You'd be bringing in a veteran guy that could uh, kind of mentor Jackson to continue to mentor him as he makes his way into uh, what will be a uh, pivotal, pivotal season for him at the quarterback position. And, you know, if, if God forbid anything were to happen, it would be a very comfortable situation being able to th turn to Casey Thompson. I mean, uh, what, what's what, what's his injury? What did he? It was at ACL, ACL this year. Yeah, yeah. he's at FAU, right? He, he's torn yeah. a couple times, right? Uh, or is this I don't his know first he, time. I, I I really don't know. I can't remember. He's either. been injured though before. I don't know if it was ACL, but he's had injuries before. But, you know, I, I mean, if if Casey doesn't work out, I, I wouldn't put it past OU to maybe take another. I mean, there's still guys going in. I think I saw somebody go in today that was a – or yesterday that was a pretty established guy. I think Casey just makes the most sense because he knows the program. Uh, he would know he, – he's accepting his role. Whereas he, these other guys, I don't know, like – They're looking for a, 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 a starting, starting job. job yeah. Whereas Casey, I think, has – and not to say Casey's not. I mean, maybe the right program comes along and he, he's able to go be a starter somewhere, but – I know. I, I can tell you this. I, I'm not saying it's down to anybody in particular, but I know Tulsa is interested as well. So um, I don't know how far that's gone at this point. You know, if he has interest, but uh, I think that's another another program to watch. So, um, and the other thing is maybe you know maybe they can sell him on. Look, if you come in here, you can help us pr protect Jackson. Maybe we can come up with some packages for you. And, and the truth is, there might. There's probably going to come a time where Casey Thompson's going to have to play at some point. Not to say Jackson's just definitely going to like get hurt, but 
Look what happened with Dylan the last couple of years. Yeah, like, you odds are prepare for the unexpected. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you know it, it, we haven't had a lot of SEC talk this week. I mean, that's what's been kind of interesting. I mean, it's just always kind of on the you know it's on the back burner. Everybody knows it's going on, but it's interesting. It hasn't been that prevalent. It'll be interesting if Oklahoma gets up in this game. Do we hear some SEC chants from the OU? I would say the Arizona crowd has arrived here earlier. We're starting to see a few more OU faces. I mean, it is San Antonio, Texas. It's not the worst bowl game to come to. Um, so I think you'll see a really good OU crowd. But, like, we've seen the Arizona people out on, on the Riverwalk since Tuesday. I mean, I think there's going to be a good Arizona presence. Yeah. Probably more. I mean, you guys were here for the game a couple of years ago. I don't think the whole lot of Oregon fans came, did they? I not think a be, ton. Not more a ton. Arizona I mean, than, I, I think that Oklahoma will, will show out. I mean, I, yeah. it's a it's a very local game for a lot of people that aren't able to get up to Norman or get around to see them here regionally. And I think that, you know, there will be a lot of people that come down and want to represent. Maybe they're just fans of the Alamo that are Arizona people. I don't know. Possibly. I like the Alamo. What did you like about it? Just that it's a building that sits there? I just there. love the idea of these these guys, you know, fighting for their lives in this building. Defending a borderless country that wasn't even a part of the United States. Yes. It's a great, great story. <laughs> it's a good thing Josh isn't here to try to explain exactly. it to you again. I know he's hate listening to this right now. <laughs> That's not what happened, George. Let me explain it to you. I read these three books. I already know what I'm getting for Christmas next year from the McQuiston family. An Alamo history book. It's going to be whatever that book is. Forget the Alamo that he wants me to read, which I'll never read. I'll burn it. Maybe Ken Burns will do a documentary just for Josh on the Alamo. You guys almost got chased out of there, didn't you, doing your report? Yeah, the uh, security guy came over and said that we're supposed to uh, get approval, but since it was Christmas, he, he would allow it, which we appreciated. It was a great video. I liked all the people that just walked behind you and I had no idea what they were doing, but they just stared for there's a while a and then they of, left. There's a lot of like sightseeing, like people come here for like vacations, I guess, which is, I mean, the river walk has been insane every night. Like yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't seen somebody accidentally get pushed into the river. Yeah. It's you just and I were packed. talking about that last night, a few more drinks and one of us might've fallen into the river. I hate this place. <laughs> It's two. I'll 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 give you a break because it's two of the last three bowl games that you've been to, same place, San Antonio. See, I've never. This is my first bowl game covering the uh, non-playoff game, and so it's just a different. Like the, I appreciate the Alamo people. Yeah, but they they've been great. But the the hospitality suite is just not the same. As, no, well, no, I mean the Fiesta Bowl is the all timer. I mean Eddie will tell you that he yeah. threw up in his boss's car. The next morning after this first experience yeah and i i can't say that i've thrown up but i've left that hospitality room just sloshed out of my mind more than any other bowl game there's also just the like the rose bowl is really good too the the but the other part of it is like when you go cover the playoff even when you knew ou was going in to get slaughtered like in 2019 there is just this like feeling of wow this is a big ass game that you're covering mm-hmm. and the give a shit factor here is just a little bit lower, and not to say that it's not a big game, and that like, but, but like, that's because you've only covered Oklahoma. Like, right? If you covered Arizona, this yeah, would be like, one of the biggest you know sporting events that the football the program has been through in decades. That's the other part of this. You go to these other playoff games. You've got national reporters there, and you've right. got you know whoever's covering LSU or Alabama. Or the whoever. world needs more Dan Wilkins. Right? They're all like they you know they there's twenty or so people from each side local media covering the event plus national media here there's maybe like four or five reporters covering arizona like, yeah i don't think uh, did an arizona reporter ask a question today at yeah. the press conference yeah maybe a couple. one maybe i think two yeah but it when it was an oklahoma dominated I, it, I did get to the point at the end i was kind of cringing a little bit because i was like oh it's another oklahoma they're gonna well ask like the even the even on tuesday at the media day talking to the players and the the coordinators like every question was from an oklahoma almost an almost every question was from an oklahoma reporter and it was like some question tying it back to oklahoma right and i was like these guys are probably like what the hell are we doing here you want to know the the single most um and 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 it was set up perfectly, but the most disrespectful media sessions 
that I've ever attended, attended in my entire life, the 2006 Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma and Boise State. Oh, boy. Reporters were literally asking Boise State players out loud questions like, how can you possibly compete with this team? Like, that was the question. And it would be asked over and over and over again. And I remember as I was going from, like, dais to dais, just hearing these questions over and over again, I was like, these guys are going to be really pissed off by the time this game kicks off. And they were. And their fans were pissed. I mean, it was the it was the biggest cloud of disrespect hovering over a football game that you will ever experience in your life. I don't think there was any of that, though. No. With Arizona. No, there was Yeah. But there was also not as much media availability. Right. Because that was like day. Like you had a whole media day just for offense and a whole media day just for defense where every player had their own podium. So no bowl games like that anymore, though. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is not a big bowl game. I mean, it's not a – it's the atmosphere is not what it would be at a playoff game, which, yeah. you know, we've covered the playoff games. I mean, it's about like covering an old BCS bowl. So, I will say this. The number one bowl game of all time for media hospitality, just general hype, is the 2008 Orange Bowl. Sam Bradford versus Tim Tebow. The Florida media getting mad because, uh, oh, who was it? The defensive back um, from Tulsa. Ba- really good basketball player. Dominic Franks. Dominic Franks. Dared to say that Tim Tebow would have been the fifth best, best passer in the Big 12, which was an accurate statement. Because you had Sam Bradford. You had uh, Cole. Colt McCoy. You had um, Graham Harrell. And who was the fourth? Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Yes. As a passer, he was the fifth best passer. He was the fifth best passing quarterback in the Big Twelve. Or yeah. But they won the they won the national championship. Oh, you should have won that game. Well, it, the, first off, the first play of the game would have been a fifteen yard personal foul. When uh, Manny Johnson just got creamed on the sideline. Eddie's just deep breathing into the, into the mic. Bad right memories. Now. <laughs> I can't. You were probably sitting with the Sam Bradford crew. Were you sitting with the? We weren't sitting with Marvin, Martha, and Kent, but okay. we were, all we were I, there. All I remember about that game, I, I watched it with my dad. And um, who was the guard? They they went for it on fourth and Brian goal. Brian Simmons. Somebody, one of the guards. He was born m- with a club foot. Missed their block. Yeah, on Brian the fourth Simmons. and goal play, and he just my dad lost his mind. Mm-hmm. And he, I, he's probably yelling, listening to this, you know, being like, yeah, that's right. They missed the block. <laughs> I I was right behind, like, I was in the press box that was right behind that play. So I saw it, like, I was right behind the center, like, saw it right from the center on. I could see the missed block. It was awful. Yeah. And DeMarco Murray didn't get to play in that game because he busted up his knee in the Big 12 Championship. Big 12 Championship. Yep. Yeah, they win the game with DeMarco. And they got Percy Harvin back. Which they weren't supposed to have. So, all right. So tomorrow night, twenty eighth, eight twenty start, eight twenty ish. It'll. I hate to say this. It'll probably be a little bit later because they'll have to wait out the game before uh, tonight. Oklahoma State takes on Texas A and M. So it's a. It's the same thing. It's three games today and three games tomorrow, all back to back to back on ESPN. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say this is any kind of a legacy-defining game for anybody. It, it Hopefully it's a fun football game that everybody enjoys, uh, like they enjoy Dead Soxy. Uh, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Go check out our friends at DeadSoxy.com. I know Christmas uh, is over, but, man, you need some stuff to go with those uh, new clothes you got for the office. So go check them out. Use that promo code SCOOP and get 25% off your entire order, even sale items, at DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, great friends of the program, and as always, stay soxy. Uh, all right, final thoughts here, guys. Uh, we're rolling into uh, the final game, uh, the first game of the Seth Luttrell era, second year Brent Venables, moving to the SEC. Uh, you could say a lot of is on the line. I think just playing well and going out and, and getting a good start from Jackson Arnold uh, is the best that you can hope for as a Sooner fan, even if they don't win the game. If it's a shootout and Jackson Arnold plays well, um, I think – 
you should feel pretty good coming out of this game tomorrow night. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it, it's going to be uh, kind of fun. I think it's a, uh, a not a pivotal game, but I do think it's important that uh, you continue momentum on into the spring and everything that's coming on the other side of the uh, the mountain. So it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, kind of see how this whole take shape over the next couple of months before SEC play begins. Over, under, one and a half touchdown passes for Jackson Arnold tomorrow. Over. Over, under, two and a half. Over. Is this a moving betting line? Half, what kind of, what kind of would, sports uh, app is this? Three and a half, half would be probably where I I think it'll be close. Yeah. I'd say three. If, if he goes over three and a half, I think they win the game. Passing yards. What about over, under, 250? Over. Hmm. 300. I think it'll be in between 250, 300. Yeah. I think it'll be a nice night. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think that there's a lot of confidence right now. If you talk to some of the players, uh, certainly if you hear you know from Brent Venables like he was talking today, I think there's a lot of excitement for kind of debuting this guy that everybody has been waiting since the moment that he signed with Oklahoma uh, to kind of see what he was going to be and the legacy that he'll be able to leave at Oklahoma. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. I think here's my take for the game. I think Jaleel Farouk has his best game of the season. I think this is a solid take. I really do. Um, I think he's going to end up being Jackson's like go-to guy. I mean, you saw that. Uh, that my, my reasoning behind this is he became his go-to guy at BYU, and I think that's going to be mm-hmm. the case tomorrow. Has a lot of trust in him, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know what kind of night Drake Stoops has, because I think that everyone, including Jackson, will want him to go out. Well, that'll be if he catches a pass from Arnold, which I'm assuming he will tomorrow. Uh, what was the stat I put out there earlier this year? Is it nine? It'll be I think his it was nine. ninth different quarterback that he'll catch a pass from. Will it be his tenth or he's, he's already I think done it'll nine? Be, I think it'll be his ninth. Okay. I think maybe you had nine and somebody realized you, he didn't actually have a pass from a certain quarterback. No, I had it right, Kerry. Hold on. Let me find I'm it. I'm not going to argue with anybody on the pod. It's gone, not gone well lately. All right, well, George looks for that. Uh, we'll tell you guys, uh, Eskridge Lexus uh, got us down here, our official travel partner. Uh, can't thank Ed and the boys enough. Look, if you're looking for uh, a Lexus, especially the new TX, the uh, three-row models, those are big old suckers. They come in and they go, so get your name on the list. Uh, go check one out. Uh, Ed Eskridge uh, in uh, EskridgeLexus.com. Just uh, can't thank them enough for uh, being the official travel partner, getting us down here. we got a nice Lexus GX to store all of uh, Eddie and my gear. Uh, handled it quite well. Very comfortable ride, and uh, I'm the GXs are growing on me. I think I might have to uh, trade in the IS, the, the little Sportster, uh, and go with a big boy car here, moving forward. So um, go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, if you're anywhere else outside of Oklahoma, I know we uh, recently we had a, a, a listener from Arkansas that checked in trying to get a certain model. Ed took care of him. Uh, and he'll take care of you. Just tell them uh, you're a Scoop subscriber or listener, and uh, they'll give you some special discounts. They won't charge you any extra dock fees or add on any bonus uh, bogus charges, uh, and uh, they're not going to try and charge you uh, extra you know, delivery fees and stuff that other people are doing. So get a quality uh, luxury vehicle. Eddie and I both uh, swear by them, uh, EskridgeLexus.com. And George? It was nine. Drum roll. It was nine. Uh, it's going to be nine, is what I mean. Oh, okay. Jackson Arnold will be the ninth. If it happens. I, I mean, I can't imagine Drake Stoops is going to have one catch in the stinking game tomorrow. Yeah, he will. Yeah. I think he'll have a big game. Leading rusher tomorrow? Gavin Sawchuk. Agreed. Eddie, is there anywhere else we can take you in San Antonio that you haven't gone that you would want to go? I-35 North. <laughs> All right, to the beautiful Waco, we will head on we Friday. Uh, we didn't make it to SeaWorld. You and I still Tragedy. ill. Darn. I think well, it would have been fun. Well, you know what happened was they said the walk-ons are the only ones going to SeaWorld. So. Yeah, me and Eddie. I'm not a walk-on. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a scholarship player. <laughs> I'm a walk-on. Preferred. All right, that's going to do it. Our, uh, by the way, our valet says he's walking on in Oklahoma next year. We're gonna yeah, check that into needs this to be investigated. <laughs> the guy that was hitting the vape outside? 
the the big guy. The big guy. Said that he's walking on Blonde the play football next year. Yeah, keeps hitting the vape. Oh, he's outside. hitting the vape. Yeah, he's hitting the vape out there. Perfect. We might Schmitty's have to, gonna love that. We have to get Schmitty on the horn and uh, revoke that. That guy also looks PW. like he's like twenty four. That's what I said. Like he's. That's what I said. <laughs> we might hilarious. have to go investigate. He probably tells that to everybody every that's year at his, the Alamo uh, Bowl. Yeah, like, Whatever team is staying here. Yeah, he was telling I, the Texas did, media last year. He's we gonna did be a go down this morning, and he said, I'll be right with you. I got two other people in line. And I said, would a 20 put us at the head of the line? And he looked at me and goes, you bet. That One of the cooler moments, though, me and Eddie running into the uh, NBA officials. Yeah, Bill Kennedy. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name now, but it was uh, it was a fun conversation that we yeah. had. They are calling the Spurs game, telling us that the NBA's rigged. That's what they told us. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> They said we can't call technicals on, on Draymond as much as we want to. They did say the Thunder are going to win it all this year, which we agreed. Sounds kind of like a promises from our ballet that aren't really true. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back again next week for a full season wrap-up as the Sooners uh, will be done with their bowl game. Uh, Josh and Bob will join us. We'll get back into some hoops action, some recruiting action. All that good stuff. Josh getting ready to head to Orlando, by the way, for the Under Armour All-American. We'll see uh, Daniel Akinkume. 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 So that'll be really interesting to see him go up against uh, studs from the U.S., uh, see how he looks. So lots of stuff to get to, but uh, appreciate you guys listening in. And as always, you can find us on Soonerscoop.com. Go subscribe if you love the podcast. That's uh, how we get taken care of. So appreciate all you guys out there listening. We'll see you next week right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.